What's up, everybody? This is Marlins in-game host, Mike B., and you're listening to Fish Across the Pond, Marlins UK podcast with Peter Pratt. Cheers from the 305. And welcome to episode 96 of Fish Across the Pond. It's a Marlins UK podcast, and I am your host, Peter Pratt. And this week, we have two UK goats. We have one goat missing. He's on the technical list, if that's a term. His, his laptop has died. Lead off Lee Dobbs is not leading off, I'm afraid. So Lee, hopefully, will get his, his device sorted next time around. But... Sean Barrett is back after a week away. Sean, how are we doing? Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, sorry about last week. Uh, social life got in the way. I never That's thought that would be an issue for me. Crazy, eh? Social lives are back as well. Bloody hell. Crazy scenes. So awesome. And uh, of course, in the cleanup spot, Rob Newell. Rob, how are we doing? Really good. I'm raking like Marlin's pitches. Ooh, it's been some hits been some well it's been a lot from the pitching staff we're gonna get into it uh guys it's been a good week no no getting away from it it's been a real good week from a marlins perspective we sit here on a tuesday of course marlins sit at 23 and 24 one game under 500 um but we've had series wins uh, against the mets and the phillies last week we are one up in a four game set against the phils we are one game back of the mets in the division. So a one game off the division on the 25th of May. End of May, Marlins are in the hunt. Plus 16 run differential. Boy, oh boy, these Marlins, they're pitching well and then they're, they're hitting now. Differential's getting pumped. Love to see it. Guys, a lot of, a lot of good stories, I guess, to get into for this week. Um, there's tons, but I really want to start with I want to start with Cody Poteet in particular. I want to dig into him. Lee Dobbs should have been here. He isn't here. I wanted to ask Lee about, have we now got four aces? I'm not sure that is probably being fair to Poteet, but Sean Barrett, listen, how big is it for these Marlins to now get, you know, a fourth starter, consistent starter in the mix that we can lean on week after week now? Oh, it's, it's, it's massive. I mean, if you look at the way that the three aces that we have got, have been carrying the team. Poteet has come in where others have tried and failed to come in and be that fourth guy. The Marlins just couldn't last or exist in competitive baseball without a fourth guy. You can't you can't keep going through with bullpen games. No. And Poteet is, I don't think he's probably as good as he has been, mm-hmm. um, but. So far, so good. He's he's done everything he's been asked to do. You know, take the ball every five days, give us a chance to get 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 a win. And uh, yeah, no, so far he's looked he's looked like an ace so far. <laughs> we may be slightly overselling ace, but the reality is he's had three really good starts. Um, and on Sunday, UK friendly, um, it's been it's not been a great day for us this season, but. The thing I liked about this Sunday, just gone, 
Poteet was starting, but the Marlins lineup in particular looked strong. Like we've seen some dubious Sunday lineups, but I, I looked at that game and I was like, the Marlins know they should be beating the Mets here and they're going to try and win this series. Uh, but Poteet going seven and also getting an RBI as well with the bat uh, and his first hit. I mean, great news. Uh, Rob Newell, let me play. It's not devil's advocate, but let me just let, let's put things forward a little bit. Elias is on his way back. Let's assume he's back. He's healthy. I think he won player of the week in triple A uh, last week. So it's, it's good signs. He's going to be back in the mix. Uh, we know Sixto is being built up. We know Eddie Cabrera is starting to kind of be built up as well. We know the Marlins have too many arms. If that is even true in, in 2021 baseball, I don't know, but all of a sudden, Cody Poteet's value maybe be in terms of a trade type opportunity for the Marlins. I, you know, it's only three starts, but let's look at like a Zach Gallon type situation where Gallon emerged and the Marlins made a move because they had they had too many arms. Is it feasible? Uh, yeah, I, I suppose it could be. It's always a little bit of a. Uh, uh, I think I think the whole Gallon trade really really caught us off guard but i we said before this was this was jeter's pick wasn't it in regard to jazz chisholm so he saw himself in you know that that, that jazz was a was another jeter in waiting uh, a, a slightly faster jeter in waiting um and i think that was a special occasion they could do it now because we, we have just seen one guy pitching for the mets who had another amazing start, Jordan Yamamoto. First two outings for him were both seven innings uh, with no runs earned. So mm. it's that we've had this once before where we've had a guy come through. You now, Petit has pitched in, in, in we had one game in AAA before he came up and a very, very sort of limited number of games in 2019. But... Um, there is always the risk whether they, you know, think that maybe this is just a really, really good start. And actually, if we hold on to him, his value then dips away. If that's the case, then yeah, why not? There are plenty of teams out there looking for arms. But it's what we get back in as a trade. And where I think the issue is, is that I've seen a little bit on Marlin's Twitter saying, great, trade him, get in a bat, go on. Let's, let's try and bolster out this, um, this batting lineup, which seems to fizzle out a little bit, sort of come down sort of six, seven, where you're getting into Magnery Sierra and Sandy Leone or Wallach. I know Wallach's gone down, but you know, there's it does seem to have a sort of a weakness down the bottom. But um, the only problem I have with all of this is that yes, that's great if you do it, but it's no good if you've you've gone back to three arms again. Yes, it's great if Alessia comes back. But how long is it going to take him to get back? He's not going to be suddenly coming back in and, and pitching seven, eight innings out there. Um, and I also say a slightly thing, slight thing with Alessia Hernandez. He's not unproven, but he's not as set in the in the lineup as uh, Lopez or Alcantara was. We said at the start of the year, it's his year to prove. Mm. Um, you remember the last year we were saying, well, is it is it him or Urania? You know, the, mm. he still wasn't really locked into that lineup. So in, there's no guarantee with the Hernandez. There's definitely no guarantee with Sanchez. We don't know where he's going back. And these bullpen games are just so risky. We've seen one go completely wrong, another one go pretty right. 
Um, you know, I, I really didn't like that game where Curtis started, and I just thought I want to switch this off now. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's 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 not. Yes, it works for the Tampa Bay Rays, um, but I, I don't think it's our game. Um, so the short answer is, yeah, I can see it happening, but mm-hmm. I think it's way too risky because our rotation's too flimsy. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not saying it's a move you'd make now. I'm just saying I, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a consideration if, as we get nearer the deadline, let's say Petit hangs around and let's say he's, you know, sub three RA and has, you know, 10 starts out of him and looks, you know, like a major league asset. Um, but the Marlins get a few guys back. Maybe, maybe they do, but I don't know. Um, it's, uh, there is another point with this is that that game against the Mets, that was seven innings. So at a point where we were struggling with arms, mm. you know, after that horrendous game <laughs> into extra innings, we used everybody and Chad Wallach was warming up in the bullpen. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that, the, that was this, ideal to have somebody to eat those innings. But not only that, put the Marlins in the position for a win. Yeah. When, you know, it, the, the game was, was still fairly tight. Um, so, you know, that's what you need at the moment because there is another factor here is that this division is absolutely all over the place. Win some, lose some. Nobody can sit above 500 comfortably. Um, and we are in it. So the last thing you want to do now is sacrifice you know, two out of your five games every week on the basis that you're trying to fill it with bullpens. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Like the three-arm piece, and Sean mentioned this too, the three arms isn't sustainable. Like it, it, it truly isn't. Um, the Marlins on, on Friday, as you mentioned, they obviously, it ended up a full-blown bullpen, like the ultimate bullpen where you have an inning each and it went extras. So the bullpen was absolutely... Everyone was used, like you said, Wallach was warming up. If it went and if it went into the next inning, Wallach was pitching. I think Donnie described it as we are out of bullets, <laughs> which I thought was a, a good way of, of, of summarizing that. Um, I don't think that was by design. Obviously, Holloway was expected to go longer and, and tweaked his groin. Um, like you though, Rob, bloody hell, I was so frustrated in that. You know, you, you get your opener out there and your opener gives up two kind of scrappy runs. Like is there anything more frustrating than using an opener, trying to get cute with it, and then they give up some runs? Like you just, it's, it's maddening, isn't it? That where the kind of, you know, analytics goes wrong um, and you kind of left scratching your head. Anyway, um, Rob, you, you mentioned loads of guys there and all of them I want to kind of dig into. So let's start um, with, the, with the first one you mentioned, you were talking about jazz. Um, so Sean, back to you on, on jazz. Just want to pick up on this. He... He came back, he hit a bomb against the Phils, an, ab- an absolute rocket. Um, only, well, he's hit two home runs with pitches over 100 mile an hour. I don't think anyone has hit one, and Jazz has hit two this season. So he can handle velocity. But anyway, since then, um, he's really tailed off, and the strikeout is really high at the moment with Jazz. Um, kind of struggling along a bit. So let's... Let's look at things now from Jazz. He started the season in the sixth spot. He's then came out on fire, promoted into the leadoff spot. We needed him there, obviously, a few guys went down. Um, is it time maybe to give Jazz a little bit of a blow a bit further down, maybe you know, put him back in that sixth spot? Or is, for you, are you just thinking, listen, 
he's a prototypical leadoff guy. Just leave him there and he'll sort it out. I, I think there's arguments for both, really. I mean, he is, as you said, a prototypical leadoff guy with the speed. I think with, with Miggy hitting the way he is, maybe you justify that's the reason why you put him down. Yeah, you talked about the strikeouts. Yeah, I think it's like 45% of his plate appearances are strikeouts at the moment, which is just horrendous and not sustainable um, for a major league batter. Uh, he's he's a rookie. He's young. He shouldn't really be in the team. If he's if he's undertaken the role in spring training, Jazz will be down in AAA. True. So I think you've got to accept that there are going to be these hot and cold streaks. One thing that does concern me, and I don't want to talk too much about body language because you know nobody knows what's going on in his head. But I think sometimes you see the strikeouts. And then he carries that onto the field and you see some, some errors and some, mm. and some blown plays. And I think, I think, yeah, I think he's probably just feeling it a little bit too much at the moment. Um, you know, needs a call from grandma. Give him, give him, give <laughs> it him might be back. time. And, um, but yeah, no, he's going to blow hot and cold. I think at the end of the day, with the way we, where we are with Isan struggling with a bit of a niggle uh, on the IAL, We've just got to, you know, let him play through it, and and hopefully, you know, if he's going to be a starting major league player from the Marlins in the future, these are the struggles that you want to see a player play through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned Isan. I just, you know, as we're on, as always, it's that kind of time of the night where lineups start to get announced, and you're trying to work out what's happening today. Uh, just seeing there, Isan's taking BP right now. Um, you know, we, I think. Marlins Twitter in general, uh, Rob's holding their breath after last night. Obviously, Brian Anderson exiting the game. He's come back. He and Cooper Loop, the two of them, we'll, we'll come back to Cooper in a bit, but the two of those guys in particular, um, towards the bottom of the lineup. So those guys have been hitting, what, five and six or six and seven, um, five and six, I think, and have just both of them have really heated up. But, you know, listen, BA, you know, not clear on this shoulder. Um, Pre-game today, Donnie's saying that, you know, is still very sore for him. Um, so how big of a loss could it be if BA now, you know, we're all getting healthy all of a sudden and then, you know, BA goes on the IL and, you know, third base depth isn't great. Well, the, the, the biggest thing is looking at what's happened in the last seven days. BA's average is 4-7-1. He's got go. uh, uh, 17 at-bats, there's eight hits uh, including that 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 big home run, mm. and um, you know, so you know, you the, he's definitely missed. The only player that's been outperforming him is Garrett Cooper. Uh, we, we've we've mentioned several times who was uh, you know you know seeing it like a like a football out there, and you know hitting it to to all areas of the park. So um, yeah, it's a you can't replace that. I suppose the strange is that the, the third base replacement is John Bertie, who's been in a real, real slump. Although last night got a couple of hits after he he, he stepped in. So if, if he can heat up a bit, that's uh, and you suddenly get the running game from John Bertie on there, then that that, that does sort of replace. But the thing is, I'd, I'd want them to be careful with BA now. If he's got any sort of niggles or anything like that, give him a couple of days out. And um, and then let him come back in fully fit because you want him in there consistently. If he's heating up, he'll be good for a long period of time. Yeah, he had a, a rough start to the season, um, but uh, you know since then he's just looked really, really good. He's he's 
um, is that I, I think Todd Hollandsworth was saying about his body language, you can read it with BA really, really clearly. Mm. And he looks really, really confident at the moment. There's none of that frustration where he slams his bat into the ground. It's very, very much sort of, uh, you know, I know I'm going to hit this one. And his celebration, I know we can't do this. No one can see it. It's a podcast where he puts his fists up like that. Yeah. And um, it's, um, yeah, uh, and that's the confident BA who... And he's just such a brilliant third baseman with that, that his defence is fantastic. His arm is just like a rocket. It's insane, um, isn't it? And it the just, arm it is just immense. It doesn't matter how quick the ball comes to him, how fast the runner is. It's just a bullet to, to Agliar or, or Cooper. He seems yeah. to, it's like a laser. There's very little error. So, yeah. It really is. It's so, so impressive. It's the first thing. It was the most glaring thing that I took away yesterday. Obviously, um, John Birdie came in, had a couple of knocks and, you know, hit the ball well. He's obviously been scuttling, but there was a play went into um, Birdie, and you could just see the difference in arm. At one point, he went to zing one across and was nowhere near in time. And you were like, "Wow, if that was BA. BA would have BA would have would have had him done at first base." So that arm is 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 insane. It's underrated, actually. The the from a defense side, um, he is underrated um, in many ways, probably, but. You know, it's the thing is with BA, um, you know, we're seeing it with the fills because, you know, Bryce Harper had a shoulder issue um, a few weeks back or a week ago, let's say. The fills tried to manage it in some sort of way. I mean, he, he came out in one game uh, against the Blue Jays at one point. And I think someone else got injured. So that Bryce went in. Clearly, Bryce was underarming throws in. Like his shoulder was clearly not right. And the Phils have completely botched this where they've tried to keep him hanging around. Now he's landed on, on, on the IL today. Um, you know, from a Marlin side, you just want to see if he's hurt, take a seat, you know, rest up, come back in two weeks. Uh, a bit like what they did with jazz. I felt like with jazz with the hammy, it was tweaked and it was like, right, listen, go and sit down. Um, let's make sure you're, you're fully healthy. It's a long season. Um, you know, birdie will come in, do his thing. Um, Sean, just on birdie, um, Rob was mentioning about the running game. I think, yeah, hit, the hitting wise, it's been a little bit, I guess, stuttering. What I would say is when he did replace BA, when he was on the IL, there was a couple of home runs in there. So I guess if you get the regular playing time, but I want to talk about the speed. That's the thing for me with, with, with Birdie that like has completely evaporated this year. I, I think like the speed, you know, last season, the season before, you know, he was stealing, he was stealing home. He's not even looked like that kind of guy this year at all, has he? No, he's not. I think I think part of the reason for that is is he's he's quick. He is very quick. There's no denying that. Um, I just don't think maybe he's your your true prototypical uh, base stealer as far as technique. And I think if you look at the stats from last year, you know the average was there. And with that, a bit of on base as well. So he was getting more opportunities to steal bases so he could pick his spots. I think, you know, with the, with the, the red times he's getting on base, you know, it's almost like, well, you don't want to just throw it away and just steal regardless. Even when he did, you know, walk and then steal second, third and home last year, yeah. it was done through the duration of the inning. It wasn't just running every pitch you know he picked his spots he chose his moments 
Um, and I think, he, yeah, I think he's got the speed to probably to push it a bit more and say, you know, I'm just going to steal bases. You've got to try and stop me. Um, but to do that, you've got to get on base. You can't steal first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, with Birdie, you're probably right. It's a good description. Like he, he's like not prototypical base stealer. He's not, I don't know. I mean, he's, he, he, he has stolen bases, but um, I don't know. It's, I don't know if something's changed or that, you know, the, the mentality's changed around the, the team or how they run, or he's just not been on first base enough. Maybe, maybe that's half the battle. Um, I think when I look back at base runners, the slowest fast guy out there is VR. Like VR is not fast, but somehow he steals a lot of bags, mainly I think, because he's just absolutely headshot. Um, and that was one of the main, I guess, highlights of last week was that, I mean, obviously the Marlins didn't win the game in the end, but that pickoff uh, from Adam Simber on third base um, in, for Jonathan VR was, was sensational um, as a play. And at that moment was a real big spot. Um, we let the Mets, you know, we, Looking back at last week, guys, I won't dwell on this because there's a few topics I want to really get into, but looking back, I'm telling you, the Marlins, we should be on, a, at the moment, an eight-game winning streak right now. Like, we, we gave the Phils one where we got blown up in the eighth inning um, after Jazz hit that home run. So we, 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 we gifted the Phils one there. You know, bullpen explosions happen. It is what it is. And then we gifted that first Mets one. We had so many chances. Like, we had at least five innings, six innings, where we could have walked it off pretty much. Um, and just couldn't get couldn't get it going. So it was disappointing. I'm telling you, the Marlins could have legitimately been on an eight-game win streak. Albeit we could have, you know, Cooper Loop with the with the walk-off home run. You know, I guess that could have gone the other way too. But um, you know, it's it's encouraging because we're winning games against the division, um, which I think is really important. Rob, hey, let's let's just have a quick touch on the Phillies. What are you seeing with the Phillies right now? We've obviously had one series against them, and now we're in the midst of a second series. Um, always a lot of hype with the Phillies. They spend the money. Bryce is a big name. Ria Muto was re-signed. Gregorius re-signed. They re-signed everyone. They paid all the money just to not sign anyone else, um, pretty much, other than a few bullpen pieces. So what's the assessment of these Phillies right now? Um, I think what really, really hurt them, ignoring the bullpen, but what really, really hurt the Phillies um, in, in the past is that when they have a big name go down, it's into effect. Like McCutcheon, you got injured. They fell off a cliff because he was such yeah. a hot player and he uh, hasn't really recovered since. I know in the in the sort of the series we've had, he's been, you know, the hotter player. And we, you know, even saw it last night when the, the Phillies had their little rally. He was, he was in with that. And Gene Segura, you know, again, really good player, has been injured. And I, I, it feels like with them is that they've got the names, but as soon as somebody goes down, it's what they've got underneath. We yeah. see that actually this. I know we're talking about the Phillies, but the Mets are the same. That that Mets lineup was like who, who? Never heard of any of these. Yeah. And um, and you know I do watch a little bit of minor leagues and stuff, but it's it, it, there, there was this clearly a, a lack of strength. Depth. Wheeler was a very good signing. Um, I thought the way he pitched against us in the in that game that they 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 won. I think it was the the game after last week's podcast with on the Tuesday night. Um, he was absolutely fantastic. Ten strikeouts. We couldn't really hit him. No, um, that was the game. That was when Jazz hit the home run off Alvarado, and then yeah. we blew it in the in the eighth. But you're right. Wheeler was sensational. 
No, I think it's, it's quite interesting because we got into the kind of the, the the meat of their their. We were saying last week how good their lineup was. You know, with, with Eflin as well. Mm-hmm. Eflin pitched quite well, but we got to him. You know, that was there. There was strikeouts there, but we got to him. And um, and then they had their kind of uh, Velasquez when was injured, and then they had to bring in somebody else. And we'd laugh, you know, not laugh, but we we complain about the issues we have with our rotation with injuries. It's clearly they've got nobody else underneath. And that's where I am with the Phillies that they they doesn't seem there are some good um, sort of players they 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 picked up um, that Torres Ronald Torres um, he looks really good I actually at the start of the season was hoping the Marlins were going to pick him up as a kind of a, a, a versatile player but it's um, yeah otherwise they seem to be sort of quite flimsy underneath um, Hoskins is is heating up a bit. Um, that, that Miller looks quite good. Brad Miller looks like he's a he's a good player, but uh, beyond that, he, they are really really struggling. And the the biggest biggest problem they have is obviously the real Muto issue. But uh, when he's not there, they they notice the big difference with Nap being behind the plate just for yeah. everything, batting and the the he's just just better behind the plate, isn't it? Because he real Muto is the best. Is, and I mean, you, you take the best talisman. player. He's the best player at that position in in the league. You're going to see a drop off, right? That's that's clear. Um, I think you you summarized that well there, Rob. For me, like the the strap line, maybe I'd apply to the the Phillies is, you know, all names and no depth. Maybe that's that's how I see them. Where there's a lot of names that you know the names. Um, some of them are injured. Some of them are underperforming. Some of them are performing. But problem is, is the depth isn't there and the depth is being tested league-wide we've been tested um the phil everyone's being tested so you know but the phils they seem to like you said if they lose one or two they proper cliff it they fully go off the cliff um which you know isn't sustainable for them Um, i don't know if they i don't know if it's a thing from last year that they just haven't got over the fact that they blew so many games and they they do you do still feel that if you are having a close game you can get into them you can win it Mm. And that, that's where they've been. They've been up and down. There, I just had a quick look. Their um, their their overall ERA is four point two eight, which puts them twentieth overall, yeah. um, the worst in the NL East. And um, and it's quite clear to see that that's still a problem for them. Yes, it's a lot stronger, but it's like with Kinsler. It's like oh, that's not the same guy. There was there was a there was the Marlins got more runs against him last night than he gave away in Marlins Park all of last year. I, I, I saw the stat yeah. flashing around. And, uh, you know, the, the, what effect is, is, is that? The, is that the Phillies bullpen effect that has caused him to be like that? Or, were, or did we just get a, 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 a you know, good video? Well, Kinsler's a great player. He's a great player for the Cubs. You know, it's, it's not... What's going on there? Something's, something's a bit spooky. And, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a good point, isn't it? I mean... Kintz was, I think he was, I think he was maybe the save leader in the NL last year and, you know, barely gave up anything, one or two home runs that I can recall, but, you know, truly delivered as a Marlin, no doubt about it. And yeah, all of a sudden he's in the Phillies. We've seen him, I think, twice, both times, maybe the bases have been juiced or nearly juiced, mainly from walks or hit by pitches or a couple of hits. And you know, he, he just doesn't look the same guy. You know, just think back to that moment where the Marlins had to win 
or you know any win gets them into the playoffs and he he walked through his 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 I guess his pitch mix to uh, LeMahieu you know and was so clear in what he was trying to do and achieve and was able to do that to roll that double play for the Marlins to to get in the postseason and it was incredible to hear him talk through that but doesn't look feel like the same guy you're right is it the, you know is it a Phillies bullpen thing that confidence is lacking I mean Archie Bradley in the previous series was losing his mind he was like you know punching everything because he got taken for a few runs I don't know I mean the Phils they're a fun team they're fun but they're obviously they're missing some guys at the moment so it, you know they could go hot but yeah I don't know they when I think back at the start of the year what when I looked at them their Nola, Wheeler, Eflin, they were confident about as a three. And then it got hairy quick already. You know, four and five were already hairy. And then the bullpen was an unknown. Um, you know, for me, it comes down to the pitching. Like, the Phils just haven't had the pitching. Like, they haven't. The bullpen was a mess. The starters, they've only got 60% of it locked down. Nola's not doing great. Vince Velasquez... We've seen enough of him. We know what he is. And he's not He's not that great. Um, you know, so, um, Sean, what about the Mets? I mean, it's probably hard to, like, give a view on the Mets right now because we didn't really see the Mets in many ways. You know, obviously Lindor was there, VR was there, Dom Smith was there. But beyond that, like, it, it was the, the AAA dudes, really. So bit maybe unfair to judge the Mets on that series. I think so, yeah. I mean, but if you look at what's happening in New York at the moment with Lindor and McCann, they're both hitting under 200. They're both really underperforming. The fans, you know what the New York Mets fans are like, they're crazy. So they're getting on them left, right and centre. So can you imagine waking up every day and back page of the newspaper, all the sports talk, radio and TV, just slam your left, right and centre? It's going, to, it's going to absolutely crush you. Um, so, yeah, they are underperforming. And they are the, we spoke in the spring training about the, you know, the teams in our division. And we were saying, look, Mets, after you get past Lindor and McCann, it's a little bit higgledy-piggledy. Um, you said about Dom Smith. He's a good player. He's a, a pretty decent major league player. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not it's expecting okay. him to be an all-star. He's, he's not an all-star or anything like that. <laughs> Um, and we know what Bilar is. He's he's useless. Um, <laughs> he's going to swing it. He's going to swing at the first pitch every time, and he's going to get himself off off the bases. Um, you know, and it's so fun to watch when he's not on your team. Mm, it's just it's a delight to watch the Mets blow up. Um, but you know, they're top of the division um, through all their struggles. I think they are still the team to beat. I think. McCann and, and uh, Lindor are, you know, pretty decent players. I think they'll they'll turn it around um, and they'll fix, you know, it's all change for them. So, you know, they're going to take a little bit of time to bed in. But, yeah, as, as, as bad as everyone struggled with underperforming or injuries, we're all in the same boat. There's a reason why we're all, you know, quite close to each other in the division. And I think we talked about, earlier in the year that that's going to be probably the way for the rest of the year. I think the teams are all pretty similar and I don't think 
I think we'll just beat each other up through the year and there'll be whoever gets out on top. Um, whoever yeah. finishes second is not going to be a wild, wild card team because the rest of the divisions have, have some crap teams, basically. Exactly. It's it's a division or bust, really, isn't it, for, for anyone in the East, I think, because we know that one wild card for sure will come out of the West and maybe two will come out of the West the way things are going. Like, there's three three juggernauts out there at the moment. I mean, maybe you wouldn't expect the Giants to, to carry on like that. But what we saw with the Giants, though, pitching was good. You know, they, they pitched well. They I, I looked at the Giants in those games, and I was using the Spider-Man gif more than anything. They're built very similarly to the Marlins in, in many ways. So it's not, it doesn't shock me they're doing well. Like, the Marlins are built the way they're built. And when the offense is warming up. And I think this is interesting from, from an offensive side. Start of the year, we had one or two guys that were hot and everyone else was really scuttling. Now, you've got maybe three or four that are coming around all at once and maybe some of the others are cooling off. So I feel at the moment, we, it feels offensively we're in a, a decent spot. Plus, let's get into catcher, guys. Um, Rob, we've got, we got Alfaro back from AAA after his uh, his rehab assignment. He hit two bombs to finish his final appearance there, uh, which was a good way to finish it. But boy, oh boy, the production in the main out of the catcher spot has not been good. Like between Wallach and, and Leon, like it is, it has been very, very poor from an offensive side. Um, but uh, Chad Wallach was the guy to move down to AAA. He's the only one that had options. We had that big debate last, last time about who, who had options, what we were going to do. Uh, but Wallach with options was the guy that they've moved. So Leon is up, Alfaro's back. Um, in, in reality, though, do the Marlins actually need to make a move at this spot? Is this, when you think about trade moves, truly, is this something they need to address if they're really serious? Because, like, I don't think you can have guys hitting 150 anywhere in the lineup, to be honest, if they're really serious about winning this division. It's, and there, there's nothing really to, to come up from, from the minor leagues yet. It's too early for, for Banfield. Um, so the, the issue always was, was that really, well, I think we thought at the end of last season that Wallach was really warming up because he, he actually took that spot from Alfaro. But Alfaro was always the, the main sort of guy really from the, the real Muto trade. I know, obviously, there's more to it, but it was we were we needed that direct replacement. We needed a replacement catcher. He's never going to be as good as Real Muto, but it needed to be, you know, MLB good. And he always looked like he had the power. He's really good behind the plate. One of the things we have kind of complained a little bit about. There's been a few past balls, past wallet. There's, um, you know, Leon is. Is he's decent, but he's he's you know when Alfaro's on really good form, he's the guy you do want behind the plate. But just like we talked about the Phillies with when Real Muto's out, Nat's not really quite there. We do need someone there. So, but who do you trade for? That's the question, and I I really don't know who you would trade for because no. any of the big big names, you're going to have to ship out something big in return. I don't really mean Starling Marte. You are talking about you know, a Pablo Lopez. And that's the issue. Otherwise, you're just going to end up with somebody who is Alfaro standard or below. 
And when this discussion's come up before, I've just thought, well, I, I think we just got to hope that Alfaro does pick up because I can't, I, I think any available decent catcher by the trade deadline is either going to be um, incredibly expensive in, we're going to have to chuck in quite a bit of youth players in there mm-hmm. uh, and decent ones, um, or it's going to be a bit of a risk. That's the problem. Well, in terms of the options, it's a, it's a really good point. You know, the NL East, everyone's still in it, right? Already, everyone, it's really close. Everyone's in it. You've got to start to think of the teams that are now already really trending out of this season. You know, are there any catching options available there? And can you try and make a deal like a bit earlier than the deadline, I guess? Like, could you make something now? You know, because obviously you saw um, the Rays were active last week making trades, obviously shop. Shopped away um, Willie Adames um, and got a couple of couple of relievers in from the Brew Crew, which I thought was a really interesting um, trade. But you got to look at, you know, the Pirates are cooked. Um, I think Stallings has been hitting well for the Pirates, um, but catching side. Uh, obviously, the Rockies are dead. The Diamondbacks, since the Marlins have played them, have, have got into free fall. I mean, David Peralta's not been on Twitter for for two weeks. Like. Uh, They've lost eight on in, eight on the bounce by looks of it. So the Diamondbacks, what have they got? They got well, Carson Kelly's in the mix there. Who I think he might be on the IL, but you know, just throwing out names. Um, you know, the Tigers are, are cooked. The Twins are surprisingly looking cooked early doors as well. What have the Twins got? Um, and already, like the Angels are adrift. Mike Trout's out for two months. I mean, is there something in the Angels system like a Max Stassi or something where you know are they upgrades? I don't know and. It's not my, you know, my expertise to know if they are upgrades, but I think already we're seeing what was that, that six, seven teams out of the 30 that are already seemingly trending the wrong way. And it might be the time to maybe pull the trigger. I don't know. What do you think? Well, if, if, you, if you take some of those teams, the, the Rockies have had issues behind the plate. So none of their, uh, the, the guys they got there are going to be any better than Wallach is. Uh, Mitch Garver is the the main guy for the the Twins at the moment, trending two one two as an average. Um, uh, although he has, has hit uh, seven home runs, um, but even so, um, you know, is that how much of an upgrade is that for a healthy Alfaro? And that that's the issue. Uh, and and um, there nothing nothing in there really. Um, you know, I throw out a big name. Then, so what are we talking about as a as a, a big name catcher? You you think that we could? Are we talking um, Contreras type thing? Are you talking? I think he's the clear. He, he, you know, they've had talks. He's the clear target, right? So, you know, Contreras is the name. He has one more year of control, I believe, after after this year. So, the price is high, but the Cubs, you know, it wasn't clear on the direction of the Cubs, if I'm honest. But the Cubs look to be. You know, in the mix, um, you know, a couple of games back, they're over 500, positive run differential. I mean, that's, you know, the gold standard these days. I mean, who's good, who's not? Um, <laughs> run differential. So, I mean, Contreras is is the clear guy. Sean, am I missing anyone? Uh, not what I can think of, but so just to sort of circle back a little bit, um, as far as would we make a trade? So some of the guys you're talking about, Stassi and Stallings and Garver, these guys are youngish, cost-controlled mm-hmm. catchers. To, to get one of those, like Robert said, you're going to be giving away a big minor league guy. 
or yes, as he said, Lopez, you're not going to get, especially with a team that was out of it, Martin, Duval, the guys that we might actually be moving if we're not in it, they're not going to be interested in expiring contracts. Contreras, I think, is going to cost too much. If we sign, if we do trade for him, then we're looking at also, you've got to sign him to a contract. And as we saw with the Phillies with Rio Muto, they've he's got you over a barrel. You know he knows you've paid for him. He you he knows you're gonna have to sign him yeah. and he's gonna hold out for it. The only way I see us going for a catcher like Stasi, Stallings, or Garva is if we're in it, and I mean in it, in it, five games leading the division next month or a month and a half away, and Alfaro goes down injured or he's just not hitting. And it's a situation where we've got to finish out the season with Wallach and Leon and knowing that that is just a dead batting spot. If that were to occur, then yeah, maybe they do say, right, this, this prospect or that prospect is worth taking a shot at one of these catchers, give ourselves an extra guy that's going to hit 250 and, and give us in a good you know 10 home runs in half a season. Give us a chance at a playoff spot. I think in that sense, you're right. I think maybe it's too soon to pull the trigger, and a lot maybe of what the Marlins do, like last year, will come down to where are they at at the deadline. Clearly, you know, because there's so many expiring deals that we know that if they're adrift, it's the right thing to do to move on. You know, uh, a Dickerson, you know. Duval, maybe there is an option there, so they, they can keep Duval around clearly. But Marte is the other one um, that is a the best player. So you know there will be a lot of suitors for Marte, so the return will be probably the highest. Let's say. Um, so I, I completely agree with you on that. The thing is, if you need to do something now or sooner, you know, you know who could you target? One other guy I just want to throw into the mix that I, he's from within the within the division, so that sometimes makes it trickier. But I. Whenever I've seen Jan Gomes from, an, from the Nats, he always seems to hit well against us, Jan Gomes. And I, for me, that's another option there, like a vet guy that has got power. He's decent. Like, uh, he's not going to be franchise-changing as a signing, but, he, you know, he's in his mid-30s or whatever he is. I don't know. Just throwing another name out there that I, you know, someone that I've liked. I've kind of seen him. He, he always seems to hit well against us, which is why he's in my mind. Um, and the Nats, for me, could trend out of it, you know, quite quick. That's the point is, you know, would other Nats done, you know, end of June? You know, in four weeks' time, the Nats look at it and go, this is probably not our year. Yang Gomes, done of his contract situation, but it's probably not huge, um, let's say. Is that the type of move you can make? I don't know. I mean, for me, Clearly in Marlin's Twitter as well, and clearly when Alfaro's been down, the production out of the backups hasn't been enough. It isn't enough. It's not sustainable, particularly as well, because you've had, you know, obviously we've got the pitcher still hitting, plus the catcher doing nothing, plus Max Sierra's playing every day in centre field. And, you know, Mags, he's a good fielder. That's, that's unquestioned. But, you know, there's no power whatsoever. There's, you know, uh, hitting-wise, it's not been great. And so you end up with three of the nine spots are like dead weight. Like that's, it's hard to sustain that for a long period. Um, but I know Marte is hopefully going to be back, but 
you never know with these obliques and these ribs, do you? You never know. Like he's one swing away from tweaking it again, another month, another two, season over. Like it's worrying. But for me, the, the catcher position is the clear one where the upgrade needs to happen. I think more broadly about people talking about trades. I'm like, well, where do we actually need to upgrade? Like first base is locked down, second base, shortstop, third, third base. The infield is absolutely locked down, I think. I, I struggle to see where we look to go. Um, and the outfield, if Marte's there in center field, I mean, you've got Cooper Loop that's on a tear. He's a 280 hitter. Like you've got Dickerson, he's a 280 hitter. Duval's a bomb hitter. I mean, what are you trying to upgrade? Like, can you, like, I, I don't know. I'm not sure we can, personally. The catch is a clear one, though. If you're, gonna, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to end up trading something that you don't want to trade. I just had a quick look through the the, the, the sort of the Cubs stats and the, the the area where they're struggling at the moment is pitching. I've seen a couple of their games this year and Hendricks, I saw one of the, the, the earlier games this season where he, he was, he got destroyed and a couple of home runs went off him and he's been hit, giving up home runs. Zach Davies has been giving up walks. They've all got ERAs floating around the high fours into the fives. So they, they go say, yeah, you can have Contreras, but we really, really need pitching to compete in this division. Because they, in effect, the, the, the Cubs, you know, hitting is, is is pretty good. It was has been, despite we quietened it down, of course, last year. Um, but um, you don't want to you don't want to be doing that now with our rotation. The the Nats is an interesting one because as soon as you said that, because we've talked about this so many times, they just look through their lineup. You know, Zimmerman, Schwarber, Bell, Castro. He's starting to get on a bit. Um, and um, we talked about Scherzer, and we 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 said this before. How you know how long until the Nationals blow it up? And that may be the case that if it does go wrong, then they might do that. But if not, then you know it's going to be just painful trying to fill in. I, I think that what the Marlins are really really good at is picking up players from nowhere. I'm sure there is like uh, like an Alex Avila who is the backup to Gomes. Maybe he's got great potential. Is there somebody who's not actually getting many games out there that we can pick up. You just think all the players that we picked up in the past that were seemingly not destined for, for big MLB careers. Garrett Cooper, John Bertie, Harold Ramirez. Um, you know, these are the players we, we pick up and suddenly, boom, look, wow. You know, is there somebody else out there that we can pick up and could be a more effective option than Wallach? Yeah. Well, I've just looked, because uh, I was interested, uh, just as, uh, as we've been talking through, going to look, Jan Gomes, um, free agent after this year. I think he's owed $5 million this year in general, or $6 million. So, you know, if you're looking for, A, someone that the Nats would shop if they're done, he ticks that box, no doubt. Move the money, move the guy, don't need him. Um, from a Marlins side, they're not signing themselves in onto a crazy deal. Maybe they like him and maybe they re-sign him for five. But I don't know. The more I'm thinking about this Yang Gomes opportunity, um, I like it. I like Yang Gomes. I'm going to put it out there. I think I think we make that move. You know, we're spitballing here for ten minutes on on catchers, but I think the Marlins are going to going to trade for Yang Gomes during uh, 2021. There we go. <laughs> um, and, but going back to your point though, Rob, on, on Contreras, this is where I was getting at at the start, thinking about Cody Poteet. Cubs are going. Listen, we need some arms. We've got no arms. The the, the ones we got are not great. Are they're old? We need some young dudes. All of a sudden, Cody Poteet, you got seven years of control with him. 
um, you know, all of a sudden he, he, he goes, what, five and two with a sub three ERA through 10 starts. And all of a sudden you're like, hey, you know, do we make this move? You know, maybe you probably need to package something with him. But, you know, Contreras, you know, is available. Clearly the Cubs were, were talking trades. So I don't know. I mean, it's going to be something to monitor for a few weeks. Clearly the Marlins... We've Alfaro's been dinged pretty much all year. Like he's done his hamstring a couple of times, and you know, and we haven't made a move yet. So that says to me they're gonna wait and see, which is the right thing to do and mix and match. But yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they play that anyway. I think from catcher, I, I I'm gonna put it out there now. I think we I think we make a move for Gomes <laughs> with no substance to that whatsoever, just pure, just seeing a potential fit. I don't know. Oh, all right, guys. So a couple of other news and notes just to uh, catch up on. And then really we'll, we'll round off with um, looking ahead, the week ahead. Um, the main thing really, we're talking about Marte. He's got a, a rehab assignment, I believe, starting this evening. I haven't seen the lineup for uh, for Jacksonville, but we were led to believe Marte is, is getting close, which is really great news. Um, you know, clearly, I mean, he's, he's the best hitter, no doubt. He's the best player. Um, in general. So getting him back would be a massive shot in the arm. Um, no doubt about it. You know, Mags has been doing his thing in center field. What have you made of Mags there in center field, Sean? He's bizarrely not as good of a defender as I remember. I mean, he's, he's all right, but you know, you think, you know, a speedster, he's going to be, he's going to be great, but he's not Marte, is he? Um, and specifically with the bat, I mean, he did leg out a double, that I don't think there are many Major League Baseball players or human beings alive that could have legged out a, a, two, a second base uh, on that hit. But no, Mags is Mags is what he is. He's a he's a speedy fourth outfielder um, or fifth outfielder technically. Um, he's he's doing what we need him to do, which is earlier in the year we were saying you know Coop and Wright Duvall out there both not really great corner outfielders. But having said that, Duvall has been a far better defender than I think any of us were expecting. Coop, uh, he's misplayed a couple of balls. But no, at the end of the day, Mags is what he is. And, and the sooner we get Marte back, I think before we next talk next week, I think he'll he'll be in the lineup. Yeah, I, I, he's not far away, I think. I mean, probably this weekend series will come a little bit too soon for him but yeah early next week of which I'm not clear I think it might be the Blue Jays which will be a fun series if it is the Blue Jays um let me just flick ahead here but you're right you know Marte coming back um will be huge actually yes that's on the road in Buffalo back to Buffalo boy oh boy Buffalo that stadium balls were traveling there last year when there were some wild games uh got a feeling did Yams get blown up in one of them games in Buffalo last year um feel like he did so anyway that's <laughs> that won't be happening this time which is good um but yeah so Marte's on his way back we don't know the the status still on Brian Anderson or uh, Miggy Rowe came out of the game too um I guess the, the question there is if if BA's down for a period um Isan sticks around I guess and and you know can can do his thing I mean just on Isan Rob I mean he had a big moment a few weeks back obviously with the Grand Salami which was which was awesome um, I think he hit a home run off Max as well a few weeks back too on a Sunday. But unfortunately for Isan, 
it then kind of has come back to the norm and he's hitting what 150 160 or something and you know it's it's just not optimal no i don't um again we talked about not having a big run of games is that really his where his issue is Mm. um and um yeah the the grand slam we thought was the catalyst for him to to move forwards but again um players blow hot and cold don't they in general we, we talked about jazz having his having a, a a bad week brian anderson had a bad start so did adam duvall who's you know now hitting amazing home runs aguilar had a had a bad week the other you know couple of weeks ago so you know, that it happens to all players, but if you don't get a run in the team, then it's very, very difficult to get into rhythm and pattern. And that's where he's, his problem is. And again, it's if you want him to be a starting infielder, then he's either got to have a consistent run of games at AAA or he's got to have a consistent run of games up in the team. If, if Bertie's your, your fill-in guy for whatever, and you can bring up Devers or whatever when you need to, maybe it's better that, that Eson has like a, you know, a good extended three-week stretch in Jacksonville and then comes up um, because uh, it, it doesn't, it, it's just too hot and cold. Yeah, well, one other guy who is hot, just talking about Jacksonville, Jesus Sanchez is still absolutely tearing it up. I mean, with this weekend series against the Red Sox, which is the first time we'll have a DH in play this year, so it's our first American League experience. Um, not again, not sure on the status of some of these dudes, but all of a sudden there may be an opportunity where you can maybe bring up a Jesus Sanchez for the city. You know, is that the type of move you make? I mean, can he do anything more in AAA? You, you want that bat there, even if it's just off the bench. I mean, it's that hot. Get yeah, him I'll up, right? Bring him up. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. The, 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 it's an interesting thing you say about the Red Sox series because. Uh, with, with all being well, if you've got Cooper and Aguiar, that sorts out that kind of DH first base issue. So you've got them both in without having to put Cooper in right field. There you go. So you need a right field. Or Duvall Duval can go in sender. Jesus yeah. in right field. Exactly. So, Corey Dickerson and, left field if you need him or, you know, put Duval there. He's, like, he's ridiculous when he gets out to the, the bat and the, the, the length of the distance that the balls are travelling when he hits them is massive. He does look completely like he's in the wrong league yeah it's, it's not like he's in triple a it looked, felt like he put him in like low a yeah and he's just looking ridiculous and i mean so, it's great isn't it like yeah. from where things when we when we traded for him everyone was like liked the move we saw him last year in what i don't know six games or something um didn't work out crazy season next thing is you know we couldn't get healthy there was something going on like health wise but yeah, it was kind of written off a little bit, like not written off, but just no one had seen him for so long. It was kind of weird. Like Jesus Sanchez was just like a ghost. Um, but all of a sudden now he's back with an absolute bang. And, you know, we're, we're bringing up guys, making roster moves, you know, adding in Devers. Devers is back in. You know, for me, you send Devers back down, AAA, let Devers play there. That's the right level for him right now, clearly. You know, you want a Jesus Sanchez off off the bench if you need if you need some pop or the matchup works. You know, you want him up there, don't you? I mean, why would you not? It seems I'd be shocked actually if he if he isn't up for the Red Sox yeah. series. I think 
I think. I think it's the right time. What about you on that one, Sean? I'm all of a sudden really excited for the uh, Boston series. <laughs> yeah. uh, as, as Rob said, I mean, you've got Aggie at first, you put Coop into the DH, you put up a red hot Jesus Sanchez, and you've got Duval hitting home runs for free. You know, these that's a fun series. We've got two UK friendly games. It's all of a sudden that is an exciting matchup for the Marlins. That all, you know, counts on them bringing up Jesus Sanchez. But yeah, with, with the DH, I think it is a case of let's take advantage of that, you know, and get that, that hot bat into the lineup. Yeah, I mean, it's it's time, right? You know, at some point, dudes just hit themselves out of out of AAA and you got you just got to say, listen, get up there. You know, you just have to. <laughs> it is what it is. You know, I mean, Le- where's, what's Lewin Diaz doing now? Because he also was on a tear. Um, has, he, has he cooled off slightly or where are we up to with Lewin? Uh, yeah, he has, unfortunately, he's not been as, as hot as he was. Actually, it's interesting with the, the, the bats because um, Jesus Sanchez just steals all the headlines. When it comes down to the, what's going on for the, for the rest of the team, um, Monte Harrison is hitting 250. He's had the, had the most at-bats. He's got three home runs. Lewin Diaz has four home runs, but has really sort of tailed off of late. He's got an average of 232. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, really careful of the small sam- sample size. You know, we, we, we talk about uh, there's still lots of really good sort of feedback about Burdick and Blade out there, but both of them have got low, low um, ERAs at the moment. So it's just early days as a lot of these players find. Lewin Diaz hasn't played hardly any baseball because of the situation last year either. Yeah. So uh, you'd want to probably leave him in there a little bit longer. And we've got no issues at first base. No, that's the, the, that's the thing, isn't it? There's not, there's not a need. And first base is already locked down. DH is already locked down. We've got, I mean, in the team, we've got about seven DHs already. Um, they're just having to play in the outfield or in the field. And and Monte's striking out all the time. He's got a really Steve high strikeout yeah. rate in 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 AAA. So that 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 problem hasn't gone away. The only other bat, and we're going to go around to full circle now, who is doing quite well and was doing well in the game I saw the other night. Um, it was against the Durham Bulls, I think. And it was um, Brian Navarretto, who's a catcher. Oh boy. So he is hitting just under 300 um, with a really low strikeout rate. Um, and um, he's got three um, home runs, uh, third base, a second base, hit a good second base up from what I saw in the game. And um, so, you know, there's it, it's another option there. But you always have to be, you know, AAA going up is, you know, there's always going to be a bit of a... Nick Nider is, is pitching really, really well. Um, in AAA at the moment Um, so he's he's the hottest pitcher if you want to bring him up just to give you a good example of somebody who was struggling a bit earlier on so there there really isn't anybody else I think to bring up from um, from from AAA at the moment who would fit they have got they did re-sign Devin Marrero who of course we had uh, a couple of years ago uh, as an experienced third base option which is another thing if, if Bertie uh, is not going to work out at third base or you want to move him elsewhere. So that, that, that could be a bit of an outside move we might see if Anderson's got problems and they want to keep Bertie as the roving fill-in guy, mm-hmm. then you might see Devin Marrero come up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I've heard this clamour for um, Navarretto. People have been asking about, you know, okay, he, he's hitting well in AAA, so naturally that's it's easy to ask that question but i'm not convinced that's the solution to the problem either to be honest so yeah i think we probably tread carefully on that one 
Um, right, guys, before we look ahead, the final topic, Sean Barrett, you have the floor. The floor is to talk about your man. Oh, boy, Garrett Cooper, the Q-tip, cottage cheese, Q-tip, cock rocket, as takes were made would say. Um, I mean, great to see Coop coming alive. It's been, it was a rough, rough stretch, but boy, oh, boy, he's fully come alive and he's looking back to his normal self. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun <laughs> to be me for a while. <laughs> so last time that I was on here two weeks ago, we were a bit down on Coop, bless him. Wasn't hitting well. A couple of misplayed balls in the field. Wasn't having a good time. Since then, nine runs, 10 RBIs, three home runs, hitting 405. He's on a nine-game hitting streak. Five of those games were multi-hit games, and he has a WRC plus of 246, which is sixth best in baseball. Wow. Cooper Loop, sixth best hitter in the in the league at the moment. Loop is as hot as they come. Yeah. So he comes in last night on an eight-game hitting streak, comes in for a couple of defensive replacements, a couple of injuries here and there. That's probably going to be the hitting record gone, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No, it comes in with a single and a double. Yeah. Comes off the bench with a multi-hit game. Coop is seeing the ball like the moon yeah. and hitting <laughs> it to the moon. Coop's just trying great. to just try and describe to me your reaction on Saturday evening around it'll be around about midnight or so for us, maybe half midnight if I recall. Um, Cooper Loop three two count. Um, two outs, if I recall, as well in the in the ninth inning. So a three-two count, two outs, runner on base, Cooper Loop. He absolutely got into one. Describe your reaction when that happened. Oh, I was dancing around the living room, and <laughs> believe me, I cannot dance. So I was proper hyped up. Yeah. Were you? Have you started to introduce the the hoop? Have you got the, the, the loose hoop going? You know, everyone the, the loose hoops, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird to see Cooper doing things like that. I mean, mm. he's the most unswagged man you'll ever meet in <laughs> life, apart from maybe me. What did you make of the City Connect jerseys, by the way? Now you got you, you know, we got to see them, you know, we saw them in the promo, but obviously on field. What was your sense of them? Do you like them? Yeah, they I, I mean, you've got yours already, mine's winging its way in the post. They look great. They look absolutely great. And what I love about them is how Miami they are. Obviously, they're Cuban and influenced by that. But they're Miami in the sense that they're a little bit garish. You either love them or you hate them. Mm -hmm. And that's perfect for me. Yeah. What was your sense? (laughs) What about the batting helmets with them? The batting helmets for me were... It was an interesting colour combo, let's say, of this kind of like baby blue... Um, on the lids, which was interesting. You okay with that? They looked, I thought they looked good, but I'm I'm a man whose wardrobe can get a little bit out there as far as <laughs> colours and combinations. Yeah. Um, yeah, no one taught me to do this. I just happened to do it. So I thought they looked pretty good, to be honest. No, I, I'm teasing you. I love them. You know, as soon as they, they were released, I was just all in. I was, I, you know, Luckily, it was only £110, but if it was 1100 I'd still probably got one. Like, it was, it just had to be. Um, Rob, um, first one, did you also like the shirts? We didn't, I don't think we spoke about it because you missed the last one um, on the shirts. So, um, did you like them? Secondly, 
Cooper Loop had the home run, the walk-off, first walk-off for what seems like ages from a home run perspective. Um, one of the funny moments of that was Mag Sierra with his, you know, the Gatorade, try to Gatorade Cooper Loop, um, just try and walk me through that as well. But firstly, the jerseys, and then secondly, the, the Gatorade ice bath from Mag Sierra. Um, yeah, the, the, the jerseys, I think, are just amazing. And I, 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 just, I just wish they would replace the grey with something like that permanently. Yeah. Because of Miami and the colours. I don't want to go back to the silly orange uh, and that kind of bizarre colour. Although I did, the, the, the sky blue, they did do a lot of that sky blue and orange for mm. a while, sort of about five, six years ago. And it wasn't great. But I, I, so I didn't actually mind the red with the, I, I got what they were trying to do with the colors and I thought that was really good. So yeah, more of that really, really liked it. Like to see him wear it even more. Mm. The walk off was quite magic just because of the position of the game. Mm. I think, I think it's one of those ones where the momentum, if we'd have lost it swings the other way and it could have really forced us out. It could be a season changing moment where if we'd suddenly, that goes wrong we lose confidence but for someone like Garrett Cooper who has not had a very good start to the season to see him like that how we wanted him to be as that power guy to see the excitement Magnery Sierra you know as I say a slight guy trying to handle that heavy cooler <laughs> and then missing everybody I think was quite it's funny he's, he's not exactly going to be do you remember when they used to have somebody used to dress up as a monkey and come out and do the the cream pie sort mm -hmm. of thing on you know when they were doing the interviews it's um yeah i i don't know whether that kind of uh, uh you know they they need to get that that that, uh, that guy back which was quite clearly miguel rojas uh, to <laughs> maybe he just needs those kind of duties uh, to do yes. that kind of stuff but it's um yeah um but uh, yeah, it was it, the the walk off was magic because we haven't had that so much of that kind of excitement as of late. Yes, we had, you know, really we've had, you know, games where we've gone into extra innings and we just caught it through. But to to, to, to smack it off with a with a massive home run like that, it was just just wonderful. And the distance on it as well, you know, how, how many feet did that go? Uh, yeah, Miles. absolute magic. Guys, we're almost out of time but unfortunately i've got some bad news to bring us at the back end of this pod i'm afraid uh, there's been a roster move and brian anderson is on the 10-day il with a left sh a left shoulder sublaxation <laughs> um which i think means a strained shoulder um in uh, in layman's terms isan diaz the corresponding move so isan is up no lineup is out yet um, but Isan returns, BA back another 10 days on the IELTS. Bad news. We've already talked about it. The arm is irreplaceable. Um, and the bat was heating up. He was going oppo galore. Um, you know, not great news clearly there for the Marlins. Um, let's look ahead now. Maybe a good segue into it in terms of how we see this series shaping up um, the rest of the way. We've obviously played one. So it's a four game set against these fills. Um, and then we've got three games uh, with uh, American League rules against the, the Red Sox this, this weekend. So, Sean, how you seeing this series playing out? Sandy on the mound tonight, TBD, following that, and then Pablo to, to round it off. So, pitching looks strong. Um, obviously, lineup's taking a bit of a hit there, but 
Phil's equally dinged up, so feeling positive? I am, yeah. No, so as you said, we've got Sandy and Pablo pitching um, and probably a bullpen game in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be interesting to see how we managed with that because obviously Holloway went down with an injury. Yeah. He was previously the supposed to be the long man in that bullpen game, so it'd be interesting to see what they do. Uh, I think, yeah, I think we've got to try and win two of those games, especially the ones with Sandy and Pablo. I think we could talk about BA being going down. I think that was, to be fair, pretty much expected. I think once he left the game with quite clearly some soreness, we've got six games coming up without a day off. We're too short-handed to say we, you know, take three or four or five or six or six days. If he was going to lose, if we're going to lose him for three days, you might as well lose him for ten. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we are at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think we're banged up. They're banged up. We've got two of our aces going. Let's take two of those three, win the series, and uh, yeah, see what happens in Boston. How you see in Boston as well? Then I mean the pitching. Not sure 100% how that'll line up. I guess Trevor will be back in that series. Maybe will it get around to Sandy as well? We'll see Probably Sandy will, as well. And yeah. Poteet. Poteet will start in Boston. There you go. Uh, for the po- weekend series. So, yeah. uh, you know, we've not seen Boston. I've not seen anything of Boston. I so, haven't. No, I haven't. Um, it was a bit of a mystery for me. Um, but, you know, it's, as we said, American League rules. We've, we'll have the DH be interesting to see what we do with that, especially with BA now down. But again, I, I will say this till it stops being the case. When Pablo, Sandy and Rogers are on the mound, I expect us to win. Love it. Love it. Good. Well, uh, Rob, how are you seeing these next two series? I, I really do hope that we don't have a bullpen game. And I actually hope we do bring up Nick Nider. Um, the, the last uh, couple of games, well, the last three games, he's gone... Um, five innings, five innings, six innings. And uh, one of those games, he didn't start because that was the, 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 was the last game, actually, because it was Lissia Hernandez did his, did his warm-up game. So he had two innings and then, and then um, he finished it off. He just, he just piled through the, the remaining six innings. Um, and yes, not many strikeouts um, from that. And I'm not saying that he's going to, to come up and do five or six innings, but if he could come up and do four innings, and do a better job than what John Curtis did in one. Um, I'd rather that be the case. Um, and I did see a little bit of Castano's game down in Jacksonville. And the last one, he struggled. He got 10 hits out of his five innings. Um, so I'm not quite sure that, that Castano is the right guy to bring back. Um, so um, anyway, I, I, I'm, I've got, uh, as I say, faith in Alcantara and Lopez. So I think we can... can Pull this one through three one. The Phillies feel like the Marlins is their curse, and we need to. Mm-hmm. But it, it depends how much of a hit this Anderson effect was. When Marte went down, we went on a bit of a slump. Yeah, and um, so I'm still going to hopefully be positive. But uh, I don't know. Uh, do you know? I say three one, but my my heart and sorry, my head says two two. Okay. Um, Boston. Um, now this is the problem when we went to. San Francisco and LA, we got, yes, we got a nice, we won the final game out of LA, but they, they did seem to be a bit of a jump up in standard. They they in regards to their massive good form. They really looked on it. And Boston have been the surprise. 
after winning the World Series and then destroying their team and, and having a bit of a shocker, then this year they've been great guns. Yes, their form is, is up and down at times. They had a bad start, then went a massive winning run and then been, been up and down. But sort of Garrett Richards, uh, a guy who was a, like a fantasy, you know, someone you'd always put in when he was playing for the Angels and then over to, to San Diego, they seem to have got him right. Even like Nick Pavetta, you know, the... The, the Phillies disaster has been has been pitching really really well. Evaldi, we know very much from his his Marlins days, and so they've been doing really well there with the pitching. But it's it's of course it's the it's what's going on with the bats. They are they're still I, I don't know if they're still leading the division um, when it comes down to um, hits and RBIs. They were at one point, but uh, Xander Bogarts I think is probably the most dangerous shortstop in, in MLB, maybe at the moment. That's, you know, he's, he's from this season's looked absolutely electric. Mm-hmm. Um, J.D. Martinez is, you know... He's you know yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, 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 this is what the Red Sox have done really well with players like, like Martinez and, and Richards. They've, they've, they've got these players that were had question marks whether they could ever do it again and, and, and have... Uh, you know, we all know how good Devers is as, as a third baseman. So, um, yeah, uh, I think it's going to be really, really t- tricky. So I am, right, my heart's still going to do it. We're going to beat the Phillies 3-1, uh, but it's going to be a uh, a 2-1 loss against the Red Sox. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Uh, firstly, you know, again, the news pours in. It's, we're timing these pods great. Um, so the lineup is out now. Um, BA is replacing the lineup by John Birdie at third base. Um, so I don't think that's a shocker. I think that was the most likely. He was talking about maybe as Isan Diaz getting a start at third base, but I don't think, you know, just put John Birdie there, crack on. Alfaro is back too. So Alfaro, probably that was expected too after he didn't um, catch last night. Um, he's back. So, and they've gone with the max power outfield with um, uh, Duvall playing centre, Cooper Loop in right and Corey Dickinson in left. So max power there. Um, Alfaro slots into the seventh spot and John Birdie in the eighth spot. Sandy, obviously, on the mound. Um, listen, it's not an optimal situation for BA. He's been on the way back, but the Phillies are absolutely there for the taking right now. They're absolutely there. Sandy pitched like an absolute stud last time out, came out, wanted it, and delivered last time out, no doubt. I think he'll do the same again. Um, let's see what they do. I think that's an interesting shout about maybe Nick Nider coming up for tomorrow. I don't know how, the, how it lines up in terms of his days, um, but I think... It wouldn't shock me if they did that. Um, particularly yeah, the since the 18th. The 18th. Uh, yeah, well, could just about slot in um, into the rotation there. So maybe, maybe, maybe neither it's the one. Could be. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer that too, I'd, you know, rather than gas in the pens, particularly with no days off at the moment. I think that's logical. And then obviously Pablo going. So I'm going to put it out there. I think we sweep the fills. I think we send them in a tailspin. I think the Marlins just continue just pumping it. Offense is rolling. Pitching has always been good. Marlins sweep the fills. We go into Boston. I've got the scouting report from Dave Shaw at UK Phillies because they played them last week. What you know, I asked the question, what are they like? Are they are they legit? Record looks good, but are they good? He said, offense is good, pitching uncertain, but he feels they are legit. So they are a good team in his view. That's because of Pavetta. <laughs> That's the only well, reason why he said so that. I look at it differently. I I think um, I think pitching wins. I think the Marlins take that series to 2-1. So a sweep of the fills and a series win in Boston, that's going to be four series on the spin for these Marlins. And by the end of the week, 
the Marlins are at the top of the NL East, top of the NL East by at least a game, if not two. So let's see. Let's see how it plays out. Um, guys, let's finish off with an emoji and then I'll let you guys get out of here. Um, Sean Barrett, have you got one lined up? I, I think so. I've been playing around with them a little bit. I think I've, I might have even used this one before, but I've got the red hot face with the little perspiration up there. Mm-hmm. Coop's, Coop's hitting hot and he's got me going hot too. Kind of looks like Coop, that one. Oh, yeah. All right, Rob, what have you got for us? Yeah, um, I, I, I've just gone and checked and there isn't. I thought there was a rake or some kind of garden implement. So I want, I want, the, sh- I want the shout out for the, the pitchers. That, that, it, it, they're, they're all doing it, aren't they? Yeah. There's uh, Petit, uh, there was Rogers. Um, Sandy and... had a big hit as well last week. He laced, I think, a double. He didn't yeah. think it was a double, but then he, he realised it was going to land. And he was like, oh, whoa, I better start running. And it's, it's quite funny when you see these guys suddenly get on base and it's like, what do I do now? I did <laughs> like a couple of weeks ago and Blyer had to go and ask. So I don't understand what any of these signs mean. Yeah, he didn't know the signs. That was a great moment, wasn't it? Yeah, he was obviously given the signs about whether he's bunting or, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, that was a good moment. I can't remember, was, did this happen, like, losing track of time, but did this happen this week or was it last week where uh, Trevor Rogers was going to bunt and then, um, I, I don't think changed his mind, but ended up like with a cover drive. Yeah, that, that was that was intentional. They told him to show the bunt and then hit. Yeah. And so he just sort of chopped it, didn't he? Past yeah. third base. So nice moment. Was, yeah, really, really good. Yeah, because yeah, they were like, the, the infield was in, I think. So they were obviously expecting the bunt and he managed to get one through, uh, through the covers uh, down the third baseline, which yeah. is, I think, his first hit as well. So you've had his first hit, you've had Cody Poteet, Sandy hit, like definitely had a double. Um, so yeah, you're right. Good call on that one. A garden implement, whatever it is, a spade, a shovel, a, a pickaxe. I don't know. We'll find something to, to go with that. Um, my one is the cheese emoji and it's just for the cottage cheese. So there is no cottage cheese one, but I, I you know, love that from takes were made. It's just been cracking me up ever since, but like Sean, Cooper loop has been the ultimate story this week. That walk off was sensational. Uh, but he's carrying it on. Cooper Loop, I think three bombs in three games. Um, would love to see him carry on. If the confidence is there, we know Coop can hit. Absolutely, it's a big plus. So let's keep it rolling. Right, guys, that is it for episode 96. Um, let's enjoy a nice, uh, you know, a good series now with the Phils. We've got a UK friendly on Thursday. I think it might be on YouTube, actually. It might be one of them YouTube games at 5.10. So it's an early start, very early on YouTube. So I don't think we get our broadcasters. It'll be, I guess, a mix and match. Um, I don't know who it'll be, but, um, and then we roll into to Boston, which should be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing them. So um, Sean, Rob, really appreciate the time guys, the insight. We went off on a two, few tangents there, which um, was my fault, but you know, I thought that was a, a, a fun conversation. Um, we'll be back. Of course. Well, actually, no, we won't be back. Uh, I don't think we're going to be back next Tuesday. The date is TBD. Um, Rob's away and I might be away as well. So um, we'll keep you posted on that. Hopefully we'll fit, you know, fit a, a part in to celebrate some success, but not sure when it'll be. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, like I said, Rob, Sean, top work, guys. Really appreciate it. So listeners, hope you enjoyed the episode. Enjoy the series. Enjoy these Marlins wins. Stay safe. We'll be back very soon. Go fish. <laughs>